podcast a weekly look into hotel marketing first before we get into the topic i'm going to introduce my co-podcasters so on my right i have phil Fariska. hey everybody and on my left i have misha bokikio hello everyone so today we're going to talk about social media and this is how this episode came about we had uh, a lot of questions about social media in general but one of the common ones and we're going to credit this to uh who was the last one that wrote oh uh zoe c wrote in and said uh, what social media channels should my hotel be on? And we started an internal discussion about tackling that in an upcoming podcast as a question, but we realized, wow, that is a deep question and would require a lot of discussion. So let's just do an episode entirely dedicated to that. So what do you think, guys? I think there's a lot to be said about social media for hotels. And this is a very common question, not just what channels you should be on, but we get tons of just social media questions in general. So I think a lot of our conversations today are really going to cover a lot of the questions that you probably have and others have asked us as well. All right. So the way we're going to break this down is we're going to talk about three or four of the biggest uh, social platforms out there. We're going to talk about the demographics on each of those. We're going to talk about the do's and the don'ts and the opportunities and then maybe give a couple of examples of hotels that we've seen that are doing some kick-ass stuff on those platforms so that sounds fun all right buckle up let's go so let's start with uh, facebook anyone heard of facebook i just got on there last week actually yeah yeah on the facebook on the facebook the facebook so facebook i think is i mean the most common by far social media platform and probably the platform that most people think of when they think of social media so we do have some demographic information for all of the platforms that we've looked into today. And just to go ahead and cite our sources in case anybody's wondering where we're getting this information from, um, we did get some of these stats from pewinternet.org. That's P-E-W-Internet.org. And then we also got some from SproutSocial.com. They had a really nice um, breakdown on social media demographics. So for Facebook, when we're looking at that, 72% of adult internet users are active on Facebook. That's huge. That's mm-hmm. most people. three quarters. And then Facebook also has 1.44 billion monthly active users. So that is a huge amount of people that are on this platform and actively using this platform on a daily and monthly basis. Just looking at you know the types of people that are on Facebook specifically, it does skew a little bit more towards women. 77% of women that are online are on Facebook versus 66% of men. And it does skew a little bit to the younger demographics, but throughout the entire age demographic um, spectrum, it does stay pretty strong. So you're looking at about 82% of users between 18 and 29 that are online are on Facebook. And that still remains strong. You've got about 56% of users 65 and above that still use Facebook. And climbing, right? I mean, those numbers are going up all the time. Yeah, it used to be definitely more of a, I mean, it started as a college platform. So it definitely used to be more of a younger um, audience. But we're seeing that change and it's really becoming a lot more of a level playing field. And people keep it as they get older as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you, you keep it, like you said, when you get older. So when, you know, I started out, I was in college when I got mine. But, you know, now I'm, a, you know, an active young adult. I hope I'm still young. <laughs> <laughs> Youngish. Youngish. Yeah, and wait, and wait until you have kids because that's when you explode on Facebook posting because you just post random pictures of your child doing stuff that's really cute to you, but everyone else is kind of meh. 
Yeah, and then you lose all your Facebook friends. Yeah, they just block you from their feed. <laughs> it's a nice feature. So looking at Facebook, you've got um, you know some of the basic do's and don'ts for Facebook. Um, looking at some do's here, which hopefully you guys will all agree with these. Um, do number one is use a strong, identifiable, and attractive cover and profile photo. This should be a no-brainer. Don't have blurry pictures or don't just leave those blank. You want people to immediately be attracted to and be able to identify who your brand is and who your hotel is with those images. All right, high-quality photos. You don't want to see a grainy picture up on yeah, somebody's it's, it's good page. first impression. You know, there's, there's a big difference between a, a brand's page versus a person's profile. And, you know, what you want to put up there needs to reflect your brand. And the cover photo, I mean, you using a picture of, you know, a great amenity you have or a really high quality room photo is great. But that also is tactfully a place where you could place a little bit of text if you wanted to, you know, promote something specific or if you have a special. So that, you know, you can get a little bit more creative with that area as well. Yeah, and right now the rules is about 20% of an image can be text. I mean, they'll, they'll hit it back to you. If it well, that's for it. promoted stuff. That's the promoted stuff? Yeah. Okay. So if it organically, it, with images in general, you can have as much text as, you, text as you want, but to pay to promote it, it can be less than 20%. And they're getting a little bit more strict about that. Um, you know, use common sense. Don't, you know, you don't want your image to be a giant, you know, have a thousand words on it that people aren't going to take the time to read. In so general. do they, they send you a strongly worded email if you go over 20%? Well, if you're, so if you're in the ads platform and you try to promote a post, let's say that has an image that has more than 20% text, they'll just won't let you promote it. Oh, okay. Just disapproved. Yeah. And okay. we've tried some recently where it's had almost 20% and we've gotten like a warning label on it. Huh. They're, they're, they're like, we're getting pretty strict about the text part for promoted post and you know the paid side of it so a few other do's just for your page in general utilize custom tabs the tabs at the top that you see on your profile page that are you know it might be pictures or info or videos there's a lot of ways that you can customize those and there's plenty of information on Facebook on how to do that but you can put in hotel or room tours you can have a specials page you can have a booking page you can run contests through tabs there's a lot of areas for customization for hotels there. Yeah, so one of the things our customers do a lot, if, if they're using our guest desk booking engine, they'll have a book now or check rates and availability button right there. And we actually embed the booking process within Facebook. So someone can actually go through, make that transaction right there without leaving Facebook. And we see, I mean, it, it certainly doesn't convert like a website does, but it, it does definitely generate, generate some revenue. Absolutely. And just adding more avenues for people to book can't be a bad thing. Oh, so, yeah. Another thing that we like to, to um, use ourselves and tell our clients is to use the Facebook open graph meta tags. These are tags that you place on your website that help your website content show up better in Facebook. So you'll be able to customize, um, the image will show up larger, you'll be able to customize what the title says, um, it'll give you a little summary. So this is, most websites use this now. Um, it just is a way to make your website content more attractive when you're posting about it on Facebook. Another few little tips we have are to post regularly and to have a, you know, perhaps an internal content calendar just to have, a, you know, a clear plan of what you're going to post and when. Is there a, you know, a, how many times you should post per month or is that property by property? How do you usually go about that? So we like to think of it as a property by property basis. And this is where, um, you know, working with somebody that has some social media expertise, whether that be an agency or, you know, working with a third party, 
Um, really looking at your brand and do you have a reason to post once a day or three times a day? Is your business seasonal? You know, are you targeting a group that's fairly active on Facebook? You know, business traveler versus a leisure traveler. So really looking at who your audience is and then developing your plan around that. There's not a set post on Facebook one time a day at this time. It, it's really going to vary and you need to be natural about it as well. Yeah, that's the thing that annoys me, I think, is is some people get caught in that habit of, oh, I have to post at 10, 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. every day, and I've got to come up with things to say. And it just does, it comes across like you're not providing value to your audience, and then your engagement goes down, and then your reach goes down. Because people used to do that with email as well, right? Wasn't it always like Tuesdays at 3 yeah. or something? Yeah. Like I mean, so experiment, have fun. Thought, yeah. And really, the way Facebook's gone, if you really look at what, what they've done, and, and even we talked last week's episode about Facebook's algorithm change which is going to even more de-emphasize the brands from people's news feeds, you're really not getting that much exposure. You're getting 5-10% of your fans are actually seeing your posts anyway. So I feel like you can be more aggressive. It used to be the conventional wisdom was two or three times a day maximum on Facebook. I don't know. I feel like if you've got stuff to say and stuff going on, especially with like live video and you can do events and things like that now, I would experiment with posting more frequently because, you know, you, you're going to reach a different section of your audience who's online at that time. You never know which, which one's going to resonate. And, and, you know, you're competing against their family and friends as well. Right. It's, it's kind of tough, but, you know, that's why you have attractive pictures. And... Yeah, and you've got to be interesting and do stuff that's valuable and make sure that people want to read it. Yeah, and like you said, Stuart, like the live video is huge now. There, you know, Facebook is constantly coming out with new features that people can use and experiment with. 360 images. I've seen several big brands use the 360 images and the 360 videos, which are really cool. Um, Canvas is a huge thing that Facebook is pushing right now. There's a lot of cool stuff that you can be doing. So take some time, look into it, experiment. You know, kind of throw a bunch out there and see what sticks and see what your audience likes and then, you know, evolve your strategy to include more of that type of stuff. Right. You're not, you're not going to really damage yourself on Facebook. It's not like an email list where if you spam people, they're all going to unsubscribe. People don't tend to dislike a, a brand, especially if it's a hotel or something they're going to go to annually. You've just got to keep trying stuff until you find the things that, that resonate with people and that they're going to share and comment on because that's how you get more exposure. Yeah, and you definitely want to encourage that engagement, you know, whether it's through the type of content you're posting or even using some type of call to action, you know, to get people to try to like and share it because getting that engagement is really important. If you're throwing stuff out there and people aren't engaging with it, they're going to see it less and less. You want to keep them, you know, active on your page and, you know, liking your photos and, you know, you can do that by experimenting, but then just you know, instead of just throwing everything out there, really try to be relevant, try to be helpful, try to be, you know, funny, whatever it is that your brand is. I'm sure there's also a limit to that, like don't overdo that thing that worked for you once so well kind of idea. Oh, well, and what worked once six months ago probably doesn't work now. You know, if you look at Facebook when, when it started, it was all text updates and then your feed got overtaken with photos. You know, every other post or quarters of the posts were a photo and now it's video 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 so we're, we're seeing you know not only is organic reach decreased for brand pages but the types of content that people engage with is completely shifted so you've got to stay fluid with your facebook strategy it's good to have a content calendar or something that you can kind of help organize yourself with to, to make sure you're consistent but don't be so rigid that you can't experiment that you can't try new things because that's how you learn where the opportunities are 
Another thing that's really important for Facebook, not just for hotels, but especially for hotels, is responding to reviews. Now, you might not have time to respond to every single review you get, especially if you're a large property that gets, you know, let's say hundreds of reviews a day. But, you know, taking time to thank people, you know, hope they enjoyed their stay. If it's a negative review, definitely don't ignore it. You know, you want to be able to, you know, react to that person, apologize, and try to take that conversation offline. But, you know, that really gives proof to people that are looking at your reviews, hey, you know, something went wrong, but at least they took the time to try to rectify it. It shows you care. I mean, I feel a whole lot better about a brand that would try to fix a problem than one who ignored it. Yeah, I mean, the, the, your Facebook page is really an extension of your property. It's an extension of your front desk. And, and it's really, in a lot of cases, in tandem with your website, it's one of the first impressions a, a new potential new guest has of your property. And when we did our um, tra- leisure travel study, one of the questions we asked was, do you look at a brand or a hotel's Facebook page before making a booking decision? In, and 36% of people said they did, you know? So a third of people are actually looking at that in, when they're looking at all the other factors like price and location, all that other thing. So having a good positive image on your Facebook page is critical. So not only responding to people, but also posting stuff that's positive and interesting and not just having a stagnant page. You know, if you're gonna have a, a presence on Facebook, you've gotta be present and, and be posting constantly and responding constantly. And it's really a good opportunity to have a two-way conversation with your guests. You know, you can learn from your guests. You can find out what they want, what they need, what they didn't like, what they do like. And, and you know, we've never really had the opportunity before post-consumption to communicate with a guest like we do now on social media. Not only through reviews and comments, but also through direct messages. Now, this is a feature if you truly don't have time to manage it that you can turn off messaging to your page. But if you do have the staff and the resources, that's a really great way to answer questions, yeah. to you know, get people to message you about their ex- bad experiences, to you know, maybe make reservations, just to be genuinely helpful. I mean, we've seen for a lot of our clients that the messaging feature of these pages is really becoming one of their primary customer service channels, and it's becoming so important for communication. And it does take time to manage it, but the benefits definitely outweigh you know, the, the time and energy that it takes to do that. Yeah, we're still on the do's, but I'm going to jump to a don't and, and go ahead and say, don't turn off the ability for people to message you. I think that is, that's suicide. That's like saying, I'm going to turn off my phone lines. You know, if you have a guest or a potential guest that has an issue or a question, what, you're in the service business. You have to be ready, willing, and able to respond to that. You know, and maybe that's training. But you, you know what? You train your reservationists all the time. You train new ones all the time. Train people to how to respond on social media too. It, it's not that much of a job. It doesn't take that much time. You know, if, if potential guests are there asking questions, you better be ready to answer it because otherwise they're going to go find a property that is. Right, and have someone who can answer it. Like you're saying, train them. You don't want a canned response to every good review or bad review. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to have some type of personality when, when you're responding to these people. Show yeah. that you care. Be authentic. Be real. You know, just be show the personality of the property. Yeah. One last thing we wanted to point out with the Facebook is to you know check your audience insights. This is a free tool that gives you a ton of information about your audience, about your page activity, you know, demographic interest, all types of information that can really help you understand your fan base better. So definitely go, it's on your page, it should be pretty easy to find, but look at your audience insights and check out who's on your page and how you can better communicate with them. We think that's really important. 
Yeah. And, you know, we have a, a pretty cool article on our blog. I'll, I'll link to it on the show notes um, of this podcast, which you can get from, from our blog, fueltravel.com, or if you're on um, iTunes, it'll be in the show notes there, or SoundCloud, wherever you listen to it. But we'll link to this blog post. But it kind of gets in deep, but a little more granular than we have time today to talk about some of the, the things to do on Facebook and things to f- think about. But, you know, at the end of the day, Facebook is where the majority of your potential customer is, regardless of your hotel, regardless of your situation, a lot of people. Yeah, know, we said, what, 75%, yeah, 72%? Three, three quarters of the population, of internet-using population, is on Facebook. And how many people feel, I mean, that's their front page of the internet. That's their, you know, that that's the internet to so many. Yeah, and, and Facebook's making a concerted effort to become the definitive internet, to replace people going to Yahoo for news or, or mm-hmm. for Google for search, you know? with, with uh, their instant pages and things like that and, and the fact that they're showing news videos in your news feed from sources that you're not even following they're, they're trying to become the internet you know to, to certainly there's some younger demographics that maybe are jumping to other platforms but if you're going to do one social platform and you only have time to do one social platform then Facebook's the one to do because that's where the people are at so what are some don'ts on Facebook so we already covered one of your don'ts. Um, some of the other ones are don't ignore bad comments and reviews. That's just bad business on any platform, not just Facebook. Don't set it and forget it. Do not just set up your page, put up a few images, and just let it ride. You really need to be active if you are going to take the time to be on Facebook, which you should be. And this last one might start some con- you know conversation here, but don't use hashtags with the asterisk unless it's your branded hashtag or you're doing a specific contest that uses a hashtag facebook is not a place for hashtags no i agree i agree i see a lot of pages that will have 50 hashtags on their posts and it looks terrible it annoys people people don't use hashtags like that on facebook that drives me nuts yes okay <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're on board with you here People consume Facebook in a in more of a linear newsfeed type fashion, you know. On on other mediums like Twitter and, and Snapchat, where hashtags are, are more prevalent, it's more of a search and filter type experience. Did you mean Instagram? What did I say? Snapchat. Snapchat. Yeah, sorry, I meant Instagram. <laughs> um, it's more of a search and filter type. So so hashtags make sense because you're organizing content in buckets of whatever that oh, it is. Yeah, it totally know? makes sense on Twitter. That's that's the rabbit hole, right? That's yeah. that's how you keep falling into more and more right. stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, don't yeah, I, don't, I don't use it on Facebook. Yeah. It's a social faux pas, I feel like. We had some notes on here about the paid end, but we did a podcast on paid already and um, I think we got some other things to cover. Yeah, I'll I'll link to that podcast episode in the show notes as well cuz yeah, we're already 20 minutes in. Yeah. Well, we also do, um, and we'll link to this too, but we do have a fuel blog on the best Facebook ad formats for hotels. And this goes really in depth on specifically for hotels on a return basis, what you can expect, where we've seen success, some examples. So we'll link to that as well. It's pretty in depth and it should be a pretty good resource for you. Mm -hmm. And and I think final word of advice on Facebook, don't overthink it, you know, just go try it. Just, you know, have fun with it. Show your personality. If, if you've got, you know, people that are a little more tech savvy on staff, could be a reservationist, you know, send them out to the pool deck for 30 minutes a day and just take some photos and shoot some videos and talk to people that are staying on property. I love the properties that are doing things like, you know, test like real time testimonials, talking to people. Why do they choose this property? Are they having a great vacation? That kind of stuff. 
I mean, that's what people want to see. You know, that, that really helps people choose you over the competition. For Are sure. you going to talk about some Twitter? Let's yeah. In 140 characters or less. <laughs> oh, I better choose my words wisely. Yeah. So Twitter, this happens to be my personal favorite social media channel, but that shall not skew my Marketing. reporting. Marketing Misha. <laughs> So from a demographic perspective, there are a lot less people on Twitter. Right now, about 23% of online adults use Twitter. Um, that means they have about 310 million active monthly users. So definitely a smaller audience than Facebook. And they've kind of found their own little you know niche area of, of people that are attracted to this platform. In general, it does skew a little bit towards men. Um, about 24% of online males are on this platform versus 21% of females. And it also does skew towards higher income and higher education individuals. And it also, um, in general, skews to the more young adult population. So you're really looking at you know college age to about 35, 40. That's where a bulk of Twitter users are. Now, how would you go about using Twitter for a hotel? Like Facebook makes sense. You have images and things like that. So what would you do with Twitter? So a lot of the best practices for Facebook you can use on Twitter as well. So just going to into some of the, the do's for Twitter, still you want a very strong, identifiable, attractive cover photo and profile image. I remember when Twitter used to just be, and this wasn't too long ago, but it was just your profile photo, and then they added the cover photo right after Facebook did. Yeah, don't be an egg. <laughs> yeah, do not be an egg. Um, so you want those um, high-quality photos and videos, just like they work in Facebook. Those really work in Twitter as well. And you also, similar to the open graph tag, you can use Twitter cards as well to make your content um, show up in a more attractive manner on Twitter. And we actually do this um, for our podcast. We have the SoundCloud embed where people can listen to it right in the Twitter platforms. There's a lot of things you can do, you know, just putting some simple code on your website to make your, you know, whether it's a blog or a video or whatever, making that show up easier and more attractive in the Twitter platform. And it takes up a little more real estate too. Oh, absolutely. It makes it a lot bigger. So. Yeah, it stands out in the noise. You know, sure. Twitter's one of those platforms where, you know, you, a lot of people just follow so many people that you jump in and out and you just going to look at a snapshot so anything that kind of stands out different to you you're more likely to pay attention yeah to. I've, I noticed the Twitter cards are pretty helpful another do is do respond to your direct tweets and mentions again if you're a big hotel you might get a lot of these but do try to take the time and see who's mentioning you see if people are asking questions you know just try to be helpful try to be responsive have somebody on there actively monitoring that so you can be present also retweet relevant news and media. So it could be about your destination. It could be about your hotel. It could be, um, you know, somebody who wrote a really great testimonial about their stay. Retweet that stuff. You know, that's helpful and it's relevant to your audience. And it kind of breaks up just you talking about yourself all the time. Um, another one for Twitter is to use relevant hashtags. <laughs> We're finally in the hashtag zone. So there is a character limit on Twitter, as we all know. 
Um, but you know, finding whether it's your branded hashtag or it's relevant to your destination, or if you're running a contest, you know, throw a couple of those on there. Or an but event's happening near your hotel, something like that. Oh, yeah. Most events have a hashtag associated with them. Yeah, or you know, we work with some clients that, that really put a focus on, say, customer service, and they'll come up with a specific hashtag that reflects that, and then encourage guests that are having a good time or experience good customer service to use that hashtag. So. You know, Twitter's a lot more, I'd say, conversational than Facebook. You know, Facebook has the conversation in terms of comments, but I feel like it's it's more of a one way that the brand is talking to all these news feeds and then people can kind of weigh in a little bit. But but I feel like there's more parity in the conversation on Twitter. So your, your audience, your potential guests and your guests or your people that are staying there right now really can have a, a two-way conversation with the property in, in a more meaningful way. I think... Um might have been Jay Bear who talked about it was a hotel, I believe, in Texas, and someone was just asking, "Oh, where's a good restaurant near so and so?" And the hotel that that person had nothing to do with responded to them, you mm-hmm. know, gave them a little help, a little insight here, go to go to this place or this place, and I forget who the person they ended up tweeting was, but it was someone important, and they got a lot of you know good publicity out of that just for being helpful. Being helpful, yeah, and I think that's you know that's the the community spirit that I think because. Like you said, Twitter tends to skew to a, a specific type of demographic, tend to be more affluent, tend to be more educated. I feel like there's just a spirit on Twitter that doesn't exist on Facebook of, of community, you know, and, and people genuinely want to try to help people, mm-hmm. want to share collective knowledge, you know, in, improve other people. And, and I like that ability to help people. I'll give you a, a story that something similar happened to me when I was recently in Nashville staying at the um, Gaylord Opry which is a phenomenal property. It's probably the most impressive property I've ever seen. If you ever get to go there, it's humongous. It has these beautiful internal atriums. The staff was super friendly. The rooms were nice. They have great, like, 19 restaurants on property. One's on an island inside the property. Yeah, it was definitely the most impressive property I've ever stayed at. It's ridiculous, right? So I was there, and it happened to be when there was a Premier League, English Premier League soccer game going on. And I wanted to watch it, and I, you know, I didn't know where it was going to be showing. So I tweeted at them, "Hey, is there any of the restaurants, bars on property that are going to be showing this game at this time?" I didn't hear a word from the property, but a bar that was close by saw it and responded and said, "We're showing it." So I ended up leaving the property and going watching the game, and and probably spent a decent amount of money because I was watching a soccer game. So you drink, <laughs> right? Um, at this off-property bar. Because I didn't hear back from the, the opera. Hmm. And they never responded to my tweet. And I'm like, that's such a lost opportunity to keep someone on property spending money with you. Turns out later, because there was another soccer game on a couple of days later, and I went to that, I found a bar on property that was showing that. They said, yeah, they were showing the other game as well. So they were showing the game. They could have helped me, but no one was monitoring the social media channel. Which I'm like, if, if you have a Twitter profile... You better be paying attention to it. Uh, when people are tweeting problems, you know, you want to be responsive. Uh, another another thing recently when I was traveling, this was an airline. There was a we were flying to uh, uh, New Orleans, and it was American Airlines. And I sat down, and this guy in front of me moved his elbow, and the panel on the wall <laughs> right in front of me fell off. I'm like, I really don't want to sit on a plane with stuff falling off. So I, I kind of <laughs> looked at it. So there was some exposed wiring. I took a photo of it and tweeted it to American Airlines and said, hey, this, there's something wrong here. You guys might want to check this out. 
And they responded almost immediately saying, yeah, that doesn't look right to us. Tell us what, you know, direct message us what flight you're on, what seat number you're on, and we'll take care of it. Which I thought was kind of cool that they were that responsive. And then I started looking at their feed and they were responding to someone literally every five or 10 seconds. Someone was posting some wow. kind of complaint wow. or some kind of issue. And every single one of them was getting a personalized human response, you know? And they'd make you take that conversation. Yeah, and they took it offline. They resolved the issue. What, did somebody come in and duct tape the panel right then? <laughs> <laughs> it already had duct tape on it before, which is, I think, why it fell off. Oh. So, yeah, maintenance, I'd give them a D minus. <laughs> But social media and customer service, I'd give them an A+. So I don't know if I'm more impressed by the amount of negative comments they have to respond to or impressed by them responding to so many negative comments. Well, some, some of them were positive comments on yeah. Twitter, and they're responding to those too. Like, you know, thanks, you got so-and-so in customer service really helped me out. Mm-hmm. And, da, da, da. and they would respond to every single one. So they must have a team of like... 20 people just doing nothing but responding on Twitter. Yeah, every 5-10 seconds it sounds like they have that out of necessity. So, but, but I feel like Twitter is is that place where people go to complain or, or to reach out to customer service. So if, if you have a Twitter presence you've got to assume that you've got to monitor it 24-7 and be ready to respond when people have questions because that's where they're going to go ask questions. I totally agree with you on that. You've mm-hmm. got to be ready to monitor it and I also agree that it does have a, a, a way different presence and feel and vibe than Facebook. I mean, I feel like this is really a place where you could show your personality, you know? If your brand warrants it, you know, respond with a funny gif or, you know, some emojis or something. Like, show a little bit of personality. I feel like it's easier and more natural and less forced than maybe trying to do that on Facebook. Yeah. And I wouldn't look at, at Twitter as, as a broadcasting platform. Like, like I think you promote stuff on Facebook and, and kind of reach a broad spray and pray audience, but Twitter I think is it's more nuanced than that. I think you've got to be a little clever with your approach. You've got to you know try to make more one to one connections with people, start conversations and that kind of thing. So you know honestly, a lot of my clients I recommend that they don't use Twitter. Uh, hotel clients, I just I don't think it's right for every hotel. If you're a small hotel, you really don't have time to manage it. Um, you don't really have a lot to say. You don't want to put yourself out there with that conversation. Don't have a profile. Just don't have one. You know, there's no value to having it if you're not going to be there. Like Gaylord Opry lost points in my brain because, and that my brain points are important points, right? They're not as cool as fake internet points. They're not as cool as fake internet points, but brain points still count. And they lost brain points from me because they didn't respond. I well, still to this day, they're responding. They're a huge yeah. property. They need to have somebody on that 24-7. You, you they need to have 20 people on that one. Yeah. I mean, really. I mean, I started looking at the their, you know, people that were at communicating with them, and they just they just wouldn't, they weren't responding to people. You why know? have it? Exactly. Don't have it if you're not going to respond to people. It, you know, I've always heard the analogy, and I agree with this, like Twitter, when you're getting started, you're trying to figure it out. The best way to approach it is like if you're going to some kind of conference, right? You can kind of stand in the corner and listen to all the conversations going on, or you can go and stand near people and start giving your opinion and chiming in and conversing with those people, right? And that, that to me is what Twitter's like. So if you're not going to join into the conversation, don't, don't be on Twitter. Another quick to do for Twitter is that definitely check out your Twitter analytics. This is again another free awesome tool that give you a lot of 
good insights onto your page followers, who's interacting with stuff, who are your biggest fan advocates. Um, so definitely go check that out. It's just in the drop down on your profile. It's called Twitter Analytics. And what about some don'ts? Some don'ts. These are pretty similar to some of the stuff we talked about on Facebook, but don't ignore tweets and mentions. Don't set it and forget it. And don't overuse hashtags because that's just annoying. And then we also had, um, we had pulled some pages that we liked. So I think we'll just link those in the podcast just so if you want to go check out some examples on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram that we're about to talk about, about some profiles that are doing it really well, you can go check those out as well. So we'll be sure to link those. Okay. Is it one of those that stands out to you particularly? I, you know, when I was looking at Twitter, I saw a lot of Las Vegas properties that were doing this really well. Yeah. So one that I looked at in particular was Cosmopolitan, but I looked at several in the Las Vegas area that just seem like they're really dominating the hotel space in Twitter in particular. So hmm. I don't know why it was skewed to Las Vegas. I don't know if it's just because you have to be super aggressive as that destination or if they just, that's their demographic, but they had a lot of really strong profiles. I mean, they were doing um, a lot of high quality videos. I saw a lot of really good images. A lot of pages were being very active with their fan base and talking to people so they're doing a good job cool all right so you already teased it let's talk about instagram instagram so this is everyone's kids favorite platform i'm sure um from a demographic standpoint you're looking at about 28 percent of online adult internet users do use instagram so you will notice that this is more than twitter Mm -hmm. They've actually overtaken Twitter as the second most popular social media platform. And, and you know, not everyone probably knows this, but Instagram's actually owned by Facebook as well. Yes, they were purchased probably over a year ago at this point, mm -hmm. maybe two years ago. So Facebook has the number one and number two social platform. And the statistic I just read was a little bit skewed because it was of online adult internet users. A majority of the users that use Instagram are under 35 and they do have a lot of users that are middle school age, high school age that are under that adult 18 year old limit. So keeping that in mind, just when you're thinking about your strategy and your content, you know, a big chunk of this audience is not only under 35, but also under 18. And just in general, it does skew more towards women, which I think makes sense. Um, you've got about 29% of women who are actively online are on this platform versus 22% of men. And then for anybody who's unfamiliar with Instagram, it's a platform, again, it's owned by Facebook, but it's just very visual in nature. So you basically, it's all picture or video based. Um, companies now can do a, a scrolling carousel as well, but that's only for the advertising portion of it. So it's really just a hyper visual platform. You can upload a caption as well as use hashtags. Hashtags are really big on Instagram. Um, more so than I would say on Twitter even. and just You're not limited in characters, right? I think Twitter, because it's 140 characters, limits the number of hashtags you can really put in. in yeah, you're Twitter. not limited on characters, but if you do go over a certain amount, it will just say dot, dot, dot more. Yeah, it's cut off, but... But you'll still show up in all of those feeds that right. you've hashtagged. Yeah, the way I always kind of think of Instagram is just taking everybody's Facebook photos and putting them in a... Easy yeah, scroll. it's kind of like that, but you know, I, I feel like it's a little more refined than that, right? Mm -hmm. So the way I've seen a lot of people do it is they'll put a gallery on Facebook of mm -hmm. here's 10 photos from this event, but then on Instagram, they'll pick that one hero shot, the beautiful image, and that's what goes on Instagram. So I, I always feel like Instagram is more of that um, 
the gallery showcase of what's going on versus all the images, Good which point. is more like Facebook. Mm-hmm. I just feel like the quality of images, the quality of photos and, and videos on uh, Instagram is a little bit better than... Well, and it has to be. I mean, that's our first do for Instagram is you have to, have to, have to, more than any of the other platforms, use incredibly strong images and videos. Like... Mm-hmm crystal quality like this is your diamond quality photos and videos you're using here because that's all people see it's literally i mean it's all a mobile platform they do have a desktop version but nobody uses it yeah they didn't even have a desktop platform until recently so it's all mobile and so that image takes up your entire phone screen so that's all people are looking at it has to be awesome yeah it's a very visual medium and i I think you know the, the the account that i think showcases best the difference like if you're trying to just get it and you don't get it, like what's the difference in the quality or the types of images? Go look at Taco Bell. Go look at Taco Bell's Twitter feed and the photos they're putting there. Look at Taco Bell's Snapchat and look at Taco Bell's Facebook and then look at their Instagram. Like it's just a different caliber of image. The thought, the creativity that they put into what they're putting on Instagram is just, it's a several notches above everything else. And, and I think that's the audience that's on Instagram. They're looking for something just visually compelling and that's you know so that's why you've got to put more effort into it using descriptive concise and even clever captions i think is really important again you don't have a character limit but people aren't always going to see it unless they click the more so you know and it is a visual platform so the more words you have the less likely people are to read it so trying to be a little bit clever a lot of what i've seen um, you cannot link to anything on an image so that's a big difference between that and other platforms as well. You can't like include a link to a page on your hotel website, for example. You do have a link on your actual page, and you can link to whatever page you want. So that can be your, you know, it can be your hotel homepage, it can be your hotel booking engine, whatever page you want. But you get one link. So a lot of what I'll see people do is, if it is more of a transactional post, they'll say link in bio. Right. So if that's something you want people, you know, you want that to be your call to action. You know, we've got a. We just remodeled our hotel. Here's a new special. Check out the link in our bio. That's an example of you know something short to the point. And then use some hashtags as well. Relevant hashtags, destination hashtags, event hashtags. You can really get a little bit more creative here than with Twitter because you have a lot more room. And again, that's a primary function of this platform is that's how people are searching and finding things. So getting a little bit creative with your strategy. I'm sure this is another case of don't overuse hashtags. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you just got to think about it. So let's say you, you have your hotel restaurant and you are showcasing brunch. Like don't just hashtag like eggs, hashtag bacon, but you know, I don't know. (laughs) Always hashtag bacon. (laughs) Yeah. Come on. (laughs) Okay. Always hashtag bacon. The internet loves bacon. Yeah. But you know, breakfast of champions could be a hashtag or, you know, W hotel recovery. I don't know. Whatever. Just something more creative than just super generic stuff. I wish everybody could have just seen you make the hashtag hand sign. It's like a gangster. <laughs> like a gangster. Throwing a gangster hashtag sign. I love it. You have to. You have to hashtag. <laughs> That's funny. You know, the other thing I've seen people do on, on Instagram, which I like, is is contests for photos, either tapping into local photographers or guests in having them submit beautiful photos mm-hmm. like sunrises, sunset, stuff that's just compelling and then showcasing that on Instagram. That that seems to be an effective tactic as well. Yeah, and something that, you know, I've seen that I think works more so on Instagram than other platforms 
is checking into your location. I know you can do this on Twitter, which I never do for whatever reason. And I know you can do this on Facebook, but I feel like on Instagram, it just, you know, more people, it's all mobile, more people are interacting with it so they can click and see exactly where your hotel is. They can see other pictures of your hotel. I mean, that's kind of the primary benefit of is you click on, you know, what the hotel name and then it'll show you on a map and then it'll show you like other pictures that were taken there. Mm-hmm. So would you follow someone who's hashtagging your hotel brand? Well, checking into we'll check, your hotel. Yeah, checking into your yeah. hotel. I mean, I assume that would be a well, thanks for sharing yeah. kind of thing. Oh, yeah. so, so, you know, I, I think we're kind of doing these in order of, of my recommendation. I think every hotel in the world should be on Facebook. I think some hotels, if you're big in customer service, if you're large enough, should probably be on Twitter. If you're active in the community and engaging in the community, you should be on Twitter. I think, I think if you're a very boutique, unique experience property that has visually, you know, compelling stuff to show, like you have great sunsets, sunrises, you have great water features or amenities or interesting events that are going on or some kind of hook or niche, then I think Instagram is a, is a good tool for you. But, but I think if you're, you know, a, a hotel off the interstate, you don't need a an Instagram and you probably don't need a Twitter but you do need a Facebook still so speaking about some don'ts really quick for Instagram first one don't overuse filters all right if you're by some nasty lake don't make it look like it's a crystal Caribbean like ocean by putting on 17 filters it's not not gonna work out for you. someone's gonna take that real photo and post it too yeah yeah so don't overuse the filters don't overuse the hashtags or be too generic with it. And don't use low quality images or videos. That's just a given. And then Instagram just recently introduced a paid advertising platform too. And that runs through Facebook, right? Yes, it does run through Facebook. So a lot of the campaign goals are very similar. Um, and we'll post a link to where you can read a little bit more about that. But Facebook's actually gotten a little bit, in my opinion, a little bit annoying with it because whenever I go in to do Facebook ads now you have to like click to opt out of Instagram otherwise it will automatically opt you in for Instagram ah. they're really sneaky with it and they keep like moving where you have to opt out of it so oh, it's kind of annoying <laughs> but it is run through the Facebook ads platform and a lot of the campaigns are very similar the only huge difference that I've noticed is that there is not yet a campaign to promote your individual Instagram page. So like Facebook has a page likes goal. You can't get people to like like your Instagram page through ads yet. Follow, yeah. So I think that'll be a thing eventually, but it's just not there yet. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, if you want, we'll link to some examples too of um, hotels or accommodations that we feel are doing a really good job on Instagram. But one I really like is the Selena Hostels. Have you seen that one? Yeah, they do a really good job of give like really immersing you in their local community. Yeah, and it, you know it's a real lifestyle brand. You're going there for for an experience. You know, you're not going there just to sleep in a, in a room. It's it's a very unique type of experience. The destinations they're in, the type of setup with the accommodations, but their their visuals are so compelling because it does it puts you right there. It gives you a taste of what you're going to expect when you get to one of their properties. I think that's the key. Is like when I look at this particular account like I want to go there like I'm pumped like I want to go stay at one of their properties like it gets me excited and not just because all the dudes on the photos are hot right but the that actors, helps that, that helps. does help use attractive people yeah <laughs> tip number one 
but also have them doing interesting stuff, you know, and these people are, you know, they're outside a lot, they're doing some cool stuff, you know, so lots of sunshine, blue skies, it just looks cool, it, make, it makes me want to be younger so I can go do it. Ah, uh, to be young. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll link to a couple of others, you know, so click on those in the show notes because, uh, you know, I feel like this is such a broad topic we're talking about, we really can't cover everything, so... Again, the show notes are going to have a lot of uh, good stuff. So if you go to the fuel, uh, fueltravel.com slash podcast and then click on um, episode 13. We're on a baker's dozen, people. Who would have thought we would have gotten, getting, got to 13 episodes? This right? quickly, too. Yeah, I mean, we've been consistent. I thought after two episodes, we'd be like, eh, no one's listening. But people have actually listened to this, this stuff. It's amazing. Yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> good segue. <laughs> Keep, keep listening. All right. We talk about our, our last uh, our last platform for the day. Sure. What is it? Google Plus? No, because <laughs> nobody's on Google Plus. No. Snapchat. Yay, Snapchat. I love Snapchat. I snap a lot of cats and a lot of wine. But this has been a really, really new platform. Um, it does. It's, I don't, it's just taken off recently. And it's kind of just been like more of a person-to-person means of communication. But now brands are really starting to like dip their toes in the water, experiment with it. And we've seen a lot more hotels that are jumping on the Snapchat bandwagon. So instead of, you know, we'll, we'll give you a few facts, but I think this one's going to be a little bit more of an open discussion um, about how we feel about this for hotels. But just a few um, interesting facts about Snapchat. So they are approaching Facebook's level of daily video views which is insane considering how new they are. So they have about 7 billion videos viewed on Snapchat each day compared to Facebook's 8 billion. Approaching. They're like a billion away. Yeah. <laughs> that's getting close. 7 billion. Hey, that's, that's a lot. Okay. And it grows exponentially like that. Mm-hmm. 65% of Snapchat users upload their own photos daily. This is compared to about 35% of people uploading photos daily on Facebook. They are more popular than Instagram among teens and the, the young adult demographic, which is, again, huge. And I am noticing a lot more Snapchat ads, so I'm wondering if this could be a potential advertising opportunity. How do you guys feel? I think it, it's probably more like we talked about with Instagram. Like, this is it's very visual. and got to, if You have to have something to show. If you don't have anything to show, Snapchat's probably not your alley. Yeah, well, I, I have just a, a gen- general philosophy when it comes to marketing in, in the phenomenon of arbitrage, right? Which is getting on something early is always advantageous if the audience is there, right? So if you if you look back over history, you look at, say, AdWords. When it first came out, people were already on Google. It already had an audience. And then the, the ad platform came out. When you first started AdWords, it was so cheap and so profitable. But then everyone else came along Google's business model tweaked, and it, it's still profitable. It's still a great avenue, but it's not like it was in the in the heyday, right? Same thing happened with Twitter when they started advertising. Same thing happened with Facebook, and and still to this day, I feel like we're still in the early stages of the opportunities on Facebook, but it's becoming less cost effective every day because the prices mm-hmm. are going up. I feel like Instagram and um, Snapchat are both two platforms where I think the opportunity is there today, right? you have to figure out you you don't want to spend money to create an audience on snapchat that's not what snapchat's about you want to try to capture people then 
to to do whatever you want to build awareness for something else and get them to convert to an email address or or Facebook follow or something else off of Snapchat and moves them to a more profitable platform. Yeah, because because you really don't have the control over the consumer and the message to the consumer on Snapchat yet that you do on some of these other pl- platforms, especially if you get an email address, right? So coming up with some kind of contest or some kind of novel way to get people to, to, to go from Snapchat and an ad to a page that then allows them to give you an email address for some kind of value in return, I think is the way to do it. But the, the cost for Snapchat right now is so cheap because not many people are advertising on that platform. As more people come and start advertising on it, that's when the cost is going to go up. So I, I don't think every hotel needs a Snapchat strategy in terms of organically posting stuff. I just don't think the value's there yet unless you're a very unique uh, property with a very unique young skewing audience. Like I, I think if we went back to Selena Hostels, I think that would be someone that would probably make sense to do some Snapchat. Mm-hmm. But you know, if, if you're a Marriott or, well Marriott corporate's doing a good job with Snapchat actually, but if you're an individual Marriott property or Hilton property, I don't think it makes sense for you to have your own or even an independent in say, you know, Virginia Beach. I don't know if Snapchat makes sense for you right now, but um, the advertising side of it probably does make some sense. Yeah, is the is you said the majority of users are younger, so are, we're talking like teenagers. Yeah, I mean, at middle schoolers, high schoolers. Yeah. I mean, I have it. Stuart has Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have Snapchat? Mm-hmm. Question mark. Nope. Who am I sending Snapchats <laughs> to? Then? I know I've sent you some Snapchats. <laughs> yeah, and Snapchat's got evolved a lot, right? Mm-hmm. It used to be had the connotation that it's where you send the sorted photos to your boyfriend or girlfriend, right? That That's kind of still some people's view of what Snapchat is. I, I really was a cynic of Snapchat for a long he time. He was. He didn't get I, it. And, and I, I just kept saying, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, it, it just doesn't make sense to me that the stuff disappears. But then, you know, that I had to start using it. And when I started using it, I really understood it. I don't post a lot to Facebook. I, I post to Twitter, but Twitter Twitter's a different audience for me. It's 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 a professional audience. I'm talking about marketing, things like that. Facebook, I'm just a private person, so I just don't talk about my business to, to my friends and family on Facebook. But with Snapchat, my, my friends on there are, are what I would consider close friends that, that know me well, know my personality well, know my sense of humor well. So I can get away with stuff and saying stuff that's maybe a little you know more out there a little more kooky or a little more just novel because it's not going to be there forever i know that that people aren't going to judge me because of it because it's a it's a small audience looking at it what's well, a much more it's controlled not, audience it's, it's completely controlled and it's not going to live on forever you know I, I i know for a fact that if i was a teenager when facebook was around i would have probably never got hired by anyone right because there would be <laughs> documentation of every transgression that ever existed but snapchat that the accountability is not there right so i can be free i can be funny i can just i you know i just feel free to do whatever i want on snapchat within reason and and my close friends my controlled audience respond well to that because i know them they know me i feel like the advertising which i've been seeing a lot more ads and i feel like the challenge on snapchat is similar to the challenge of pre-roll ads on youtube it's just it seems very disruptive and at this point, it seems very not relevant to me. Mm-hmm. And in Snapchat, you know, a lot of times you're looking at something, you can click to the next one. So you just click, like, you just click through the ad. You don't even, like, at this point, which I'm glad, you're not even forced to sit through the ad. 
Mm-hmm. So you can just, I mean, you can opt out of it, you know, quickly scan through it. But a lot of times you're so into the clicking mode that you don't even realize it's an ad until after you've already clicked off of it. Hmm. So I think the user usability of it's still a little wonky right. and they need to figure some things out. But I still, I think at this point it's a little too disruptive and it's not relevant to me. And, and you were saying it's, you know, it's your close friends. And, and we also talked about the demographics. It's typically younger people. And I, that's personally, I don't see it being right for many hotels. Like you said, there's few exceptions, but this, this early stage, I, I just don't see it yet. There are, a, it's a little bit different than what we're talking about now, but you can create custom filters, which might be an opportunity. I know it might be a little cost prohibitive. Crazy expensive. It's crazy expensive if you're doing a branded one, but that could be a better way if you're interested in you know, being present, that could be a better way to go right. about it. Right, so if, if you're not using Snapchat, filter basically is when someone takes a photo or video, it can have an overlay and it could be, hey, I'm in you know, West Virginia and, and this particular city has a, its own filter so it, it shows people visually that this is where I am or an event or something like that. So if you're a business and you want that, you can basically say, here's the geographic location. You actually map that out. Here's where my business is or my hotel is. And you have to pay for the size of that geographic region by hour for that that filter to be available. So it's a consistent cost, and it's not like a dollar a day. It's it could hundreds. be hundreds of dollars a day. So yeah. just from a value proposition, it it just doesn't make sense, you know. So what a lot of hotels are trying to do now is is get around it by having one of their employees with their personal account create a personal filter, which is free. And then they'll try to somehow plug the the brand, right? But then Snapchat's a lot of times is kicking those back and saying, no, this is promoting your brand. So I think Snapchat has some some work to do with their business model there. Um, It makes sense. If you have like a little event going on, like a a soccer event or a baseball event or something, and it's it's only running for an hour on this one stadium, maybe that makes sense, right? But if you're a hotel and you want to have that filter 24-7, 365, They've got to come up with some kind of flat rate model, I think, to make that viable for people. Well, are, are they looking at how many people are in that area? Is that how they base pricing? I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it, I think the the price can vary. I think they have like boosted pricing based on the popularity. I would imagine they'd be smart enough to say, "Hey, yeah. if you're near Heinz Field on a Sunday, there's going to be seventy four thousand people right, in there, right, right. and they're going to make it." But if, if I was Snapchat, right, I'm, I'm looking at say hotels as a prime example. People, hotels want photos of people enjoying their property, right? So. No one right now, no hotels are going to spend the kind of money to be on there consistently at the hourly rate. But if you went to these hotels and said for 10 grand a year or five grand a year or whatever it is, you can have it up consistently. It's just, and look at certain verticals, restaurants, you could do the same hotel. That there's a lot that would probably pony up five or 10 grand to do that. Oh, yeah. And, and think about how much revenue that is to Snapchat. And Snapchat right now does not make a whole lot of revenue, but it has mm-hmm. a lot of cost, you know, because of the audience it has. So, Snapchat, if you're listening, go flat rate with hotels and restaurants and you might actually make some money. Like, and I know anytime I go anywhere, I use a filter. Like, if I'm in Charleston or if I'm in Folly Beach or if I'm in Myrtle Beach or Clemson, yeah. anywhere I go somewhere, I'm taking pictures and I'm using the filter exactly. because I'm obnoxious. And you would do know. it in the property <laughs> level if the property oh, yeah. had one, right? Of course. If I was staying at a pool property. Yeah. yeah. So, so, But they've got to come up with a fairer business model for it. So I think we're all saying Snapchat is kind of, you know, keep an eye on it. It has the audience. It's probably a little younger than, than most people's target audience. Um, but those people get older. Yeah, so is Facebook. Um, 
yes, yeah, Facebook started that way. You don't really have that two-way communication with Snapchat. There are a lot of these other social platforms. It's kind of ironic that it's called a social platform because it's really not very social in, in terms of communication. It's, it's more of a broadcast platform. But, uh, you know, experiment with it on a personal level, get to understand it, and, and then make a decision as, as to whether or not you want to use it for your business. All right. Any other closing social media thoughts? I have lots. I mean, I think we could do 10 episodes yeah. on social yeah. media. Um, there's so much we haven't covered today that I would mm-hmm. like to. You know, we'll, we'll do pretty, we'll put a lot of this stuff and examples in the show notes. Hopefully this kind of made sense to you guys. We'd love to hear from you about what specific questions you have about social media that we can address. Please remember to follow us on Twitter at Fuel Travel. Where can they find you guys on Twitter, guys? You can find me at P Fariska. It's P-F-O-R-I-S-K-A. Misha. You can find me at Marketing Misha. That's at Marketing M-E-I-S-H-A. And you can find these show notes on fueltravel.com slash podcast and click on episode 13. Uh, we'll put all these links and stuff. Please leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to these podcasts. We would really, really appreciate it. Uh, send us your questions. And until next time, you've been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. <laughs>